0: This is Frank Dominguez for WDAV's Piedmont Arts. On Wednesday, May 26th at 7.30 p.m., WDAV continues the noteworthy virtual concert series presented in partnership with the Fair Play Music Equity Alliance. The series brings together gifted black and brown artists from the Charlotte music scene with classical musicians for some genre blending community building music. Next up, we're thrilled to offer a concert headlined by a Grammy Award winner and overall Renaissance man. Greg Cox blends hip-hop, R&B, and gospel in his music and infuses it with his own Southern soul. He'll have recording artist Ash as his special guest, and they'll be joined by two veteran classical musicians from our area, violinist Jane Hart Brendel and violist Matthew Darcy. Greg, Jane, and Matthew are joining me now via Zoom to talk about their noteworthy program. Welcome, everybody.
1: Hey, Frank.
0: Greg, I'll start with you. We often distinguish classical musicians from artists in popular music like you by talking about the rigorous training classical musicians get in conservatories and the like. But then looking at your background, it strikes me that you came up in a fairly rigorous family conservatory of sorts and learned a lot from touring with some pretty top-notch gospel musicians. So tell us a bit about your musical journey.
1: Yeah, so starting in church, it was definitely yeah. something that I uh, was fortunate to experience, right? Um, not much less than, they just throw you in the fire there, right? <laughs> You've got musicians who are just top-notch since age 12. You're going into some protégés, some child legends. Um, so, you know, in Black church, you learn. Uh, you learn how to literally score what the preacher is preaching. It's like scoring a movie, mm-hmm. you know? As he's going and then touring with my dad and um and touring with a few other artists uh you you bump into some of the best musicians in the world so uh i i wouldn't say i'm up there with them but what i would say is um we can eat lunch at the same table and hang out if there was anyone who uh you don't have the money to throw your kids into phenomenal teaching rigorous training just drop them off at church They'll they'll be fine.
0: And when you consider how many uh, wonderful musicians have come from the Black church tradition in this country, and the influence it's
1: had on all sorts of genres, uh, there's there's definitely something there. It's something in the water, man. It's something in that atmosphere. Um, You know, blends of jazz, blends of uh, blues, blends of like old uh, Negro spiritual songs. You know, it's just, it's very, very unique music. Uh, to learn how to play, and I'm very, very fortunate. Some of the best ever, right? Aretha Franklin, Sam Cook, Jennifer Hudson—best vocalist ever—come from the church. So I don't know. It's just something. It's something in the water. It's something in that community. Uh, every week, it's it's growing. So even if it's not as formal, you know, you you definitely learn things you can't learn anywhere else. Jane, I've had
0: the pleasure of hearing you play in a variety of concerts, including a klezmer-infused program the Charlotte Symphony presents about music of the Holocaust. So I know you're versatile, but I'm not sure I ever imagined you collaborating with a hip-hop artist like Greg Cox.
2: What was that like? It was so much fun. It was really uh, way beyond what I imagined. I had so much fun, and Greg was so easy to work with. He just made it. I, it felt so natural to play. He, he just told us what he needed and he had the parts written out and it just felt great.
0: <laughs> and Matthew, even though you're a trained classical musician, I sort of expect you to be adventurous because I know you have a passion for contemporary music. Uh, did that focus help you in any way for approaching this collaboration
3: with Greg? I think it does um you know when you play a lot of contemporary classical music your ears have to adjust to a different way of hearing music um and when you're playing in a genre that you're not really used to your ears have to work fairly differently as well the har- harmonic language isn't necessarily the same as it is in Brahms um so in a certain sense i've even trained my ears out of the classical ears because i'm used to playing you know um atonal music or music that You know doesn't really fit in with what we're used to from western classical music um so when you're coming to someone like greg who's so intuitively exacting in what he wants and it was just incredible um you sort of just you almost lose control or not lose control but you sort of let go of that really analytical part of your brain and just sort of ride the the wave that he he gives to you because it's such a powerful wave that if you just give give into it then you know, it's, it sort of lays itself out there for you.
0: Greg, talk about that a little bit. What was it like for you, uh, knowing the background of these musicians and, and coming together with them uh, to work with them?
1: Oh, man, absolutely magical. So classical musicians um, are literally like ninjas to me, right? Where do they hang out? Where do they, like, what do they eat? It's like... When you go to a Broadway show they, and you try to go down and talk to them, they just disappear. Like it's a smoke bomb and they're just gone or they're in the lobby in the hotel. So I've always wanted to have friends who were in that world. So to be thrown into this environment and to see that, oh crap, they're, they're human. They're just in different pockets, right? It's a different pocket you, you you figure out where they hang out at oh they're at the Panera brim oh I need to go over to the, to this side of town to to you know see you know where they're hanging out at so it was beautiful to kind of pull back the curtain um on that cultural uh, demographic and um it was it was beautiful I think it was a I was very fortunate to have the introduction that I did have through uh, through this organization, beautiful organization, um, and you know they got it. I was very nervous going into it because I'm like, I mean, I hope I can speak their language. Try to be over prepared. Um, we had a little funny story: of the printer didn't work, right? <laughs> so sheet music without a printer, like you know, like forget that. So thankfully, they had iPads, and um, they understood my chicken scratch and my little notations of what I was trying to communicate to them and they I uh, mean they weren't they weren't hard to work with at all. They didn't They didn't use their knowledge to puff up to you know make me feel inferior. They welcomed me they um, they spoke my language and um, yeah, it was a humbling, humbling experience that I wish more musicians get to experience.
0: I've mentioned that you're a Grammy winner. How did that accolade come about? What uh, were you involved with that resulted in that?
1: There's this icon by the name of Kirk Franklin, who uh, just decided, woke up one day with his team and decided to have me a part of this amazing, phenomenal album, Long Live Love. I'm on a song called Strong God that uh, he wrote and produced and had me feature as a vocalist. In, um in 2020, that album won for Gospel Album of the Year. Therefore, I'm a part of that album and contributed to it. So anyone who's a part of the album gets a Grammy. It's kind of like going to uh, the NBA and uh, playing with LeBron. You know, <laughs> you kind of know if you're on LeBron's team, you're going to get a ring. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I, I got a ring because LeBron was was in the game, and I might have shot a few threes, right? (laughs) I might have have passed LeBron the ball a couple times, but it it definitely um, was uh, on the back or carried by LeBron James, Kirk Franklin.
0: Jane and Matthew, when we were talking about uh, the attitude you, you brought to this project, I couldn't help think back because I've, I've been in this classical music uh, radio business uh, for so long to times when classical musicians and orchestras were perhaps uh, a little more unbending, you know, who weren't quite as open to collaborations like this in the past. And that seems to have really changed in recent years, I guess, because there's new generations of classical musicians and orchestras. Am I right about that? Would you confirm that perception?
3: I think that's a very big trend right now, especially you see it with a lot of the younger uh, composers that are coming up. Um, You know, Caroline Shaw, uh, for instance, has a lot of, you know, uh, genre bending. Um, She's from Raleigh, I think, too. Um, And I think it's a really beautiful thing for this field because for so long, classical music has been so very structured within its Western European roots. Um, And you, of course, see that with the music itself, you know, in terms of the classical you know, um, era music was obviously very, very structured in it's of its own form. Um, but then the social structures of it have been very narrow as well. Um, and then uh, there's something that I think that we're, it's almost like if we're afraid if we expand that, then classical music uh, disappears, which I think is a very paradoxical way of going about it. Because if you build a wall um, up around something, then it's no longer, and then it, it does disappear because there's nothing to let it thrive. Um, so I think that it's a really beautiful thing for Western European music to really open up itself to exploring what it can do with and for, you know, um, other genres, because if, if you don't grow, you're going to die. And so there's a lot of really great younger performers that are breaking that mold because, you know, we grew up with, being very affected by music that wasn't necessarily, you know, classical music. And then, so we're wanting to sort of combine all of that into something that is more personal to us, maybe, you know, and not so much as meaningful to the older generations or the ones that came, you know, before us, but it's still a very powerful way for us to express ourselves as a musician in the 21st century.
2: I think that we have definitely in the recent years, we have started to branch out and look for many new ways to include all sorts of music. And it's been a great adventure and it, I'm so glad that it's finally open. It feels like it's opening up and it's not just a token here and there. Let's play this piece by a, a woman composer because she's a woman composer. It's just opening up and it, it doesn't matter anymore. It's We're just including all people and all types of music. That's what it feels like.
0: Greg, I'm going to give you the last word here. Uh, Hearing the three of you speak, I know I'm looking forward to hearing you all perform. What else can you tell listeners to this conversation to whet their appetites for the program you've
1: prepared? What should they be expecting? They should be expecting white sexual chocolate. That's what they should be. That's the name of the band that I gave them. And they put beautiful sugary milk white chocolate on my music and it it definitely embellished all of the songs. Every song that I perform uh, normally I feel really good about, they just added a different sauce. Do you think
0: you'll, having done this now, do you think you'll uh, consider doing something like it again, either in the recording studio or when in-person performing becomes uh, uh, commonplace
1: again? I'm changed forever through through this experience. Um, I've always wanted to be involved with uh, film, watching Disney growing up, seeing Randy Newman, who was my favorite composer, just like composed the crap out of string arrangements and, you know, provoke emotion in that way. Always wanted to be a part of it. So my next album actually is going to be very, very influenced by this experience. Um, So it's classical String playing throughout the entire album now. So, yes, this is very, very much now a fiber part of who I am through this experience. So, very affected by it, very thankful for the organization again.
0: I am so looking forward to hearing how that turns out, and I'm really excited for you. My guests are the performers for the next virtual concert in the new Noteworthy series from WDAV and Fair Play Music Equity Initiative, singer, songwriter, and rapper Greg Cox, Charlotte Symphony violinist Jane Hart Brendel, and violist Matthew Darcy. The concert streams on Wednesday, May 26th at 7.30 p.m. You can get more information and find a link to the Facebook Live event at noteworthyclassical.org. Thank you all for speaking with me. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you for having us, Frank. Thank you. For WDAV's Piedmont Arts, I'm Frank Dominguez.